Incoming New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently garnered a great deal of attention for saying that she can't afford to move into an apartment in Washington, D.C., ahead of her swearing in in January. So what you're saying is that there's no money in socialism. Who knew? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Adam McKay, who directed the new biopic on Dick Cheney, says that he would vote for Trump over George Bush any day of the week. Really? It's the opposite for me, said Melania. I didn't know you had that voice, that that arrow in your quiver. Ahead of Thursday's Thanksgiving holiday, President Trump pardoned two turkeys named peas and carrots. Of course, upon closer inspection, you realize that it was just Michael Flynn and Paul Manafort in turkey costumes. Get out of here, you old scamp. Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is being considered to coach the Cleveland Browns. Which means the Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns' biggest rival is now Iraq. And finally, new data shows that more people in the world have a mobile phone than a toilet. Wait, then where do you sit and write your tweets? Asked President Trump. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined as often by <laughs> two lovely ladies, Tamara Brown. That sounded like a dig. Uh, well, I was going to say always, but it's very <laughs> obvious if somebody watched last week's episode. It's true. Neither mm-hmm. of you are here. But don't worry. Well, I'll make fun of him in a moment. That was a good Trump, by the way. It was, a, it was an average Trump, you know. It's, Take uh, the compliment. Yeah, kind of like Alec Baldwin's. And also, you know, because it was funny at first. Uh, Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. Who rushed here. I did. In a newly repaired car. Yes. I'm so glad you didn't injure it. Oh, same here. Uh, that would have been a big bummer. Uh, not with us, but thankfully he was with us last week. Otherwise, it just would have been me telling jokes and laughing at myself for an hour, which is some weeks here. Uh, Scott Moore, <laughs> on assignment. I don't quite know what the assignment is, but maybe we'll find out next week. Anyway, as we are getting ready to talk about so many things here on the Trump Report, uh, I often run out of things that I've promised Chelsea that we were going to talk about. So what I wanted to do this week (laughs) is start with the thing that you sent to me, which it's not top above the fold news but Mm. it's important enough to you and it's you have an interesting connection to it so would you like to set it up or should i chipotle's new breakfast menu oh my goodness wait there is is that a real thing because we can why did you do that to us i would actually really like that probably much more than this this story so what i sent to you was the a politico argue uh, article about marianne williamson throwing in her somewhat hat to run for the Democratic nomination for presidency. She's formed an exploratory committee, and I thought that I might throw in my two cents thing as how I was a volunteer on her campaign in 2014. Uh, She ran for Congress for the seat that Ted Lieu won. And uh, the article starts off, it it says, Oprah Powell, but I feel like maybe does a slight disservice to to Oprah. Marianne made herself very well known because she appeared on Oprah in the 90s with her book called A Return to Love. And 
for the non-spiritual out there, that's going to be like this woman who wrote a book called A Return to Love wants so, to run for president. This sounds... Yeah, so it sounds she's weird to me. a friend of Oprah in the same way that guy who wrote A Million Little Pieces, James Fry, is, just happened to be on no, the show once. No, it's not the same. So a little closer Marianne's than that. Marianne's been on many a times. Um, and even recently on Oprah's shows, not the Oprah show because it's no longer. I was like, the wait, Oprah, Oprah has a show? She actually has an entire network. Well, that I knew, but yeah. I didn't know that. And she... on that network, she has a, so, a show called Super Soul Sunday, and Marianne has been on there. So Marianne is still a fixture in the Oprah world. But I to call her a pal, it's not like you know during the 2014 campaign, Oprah was out there campaigning at all for Marianne the way that she was for Stacey Abrams or anything close to that. Um, but And she's no Gail King. Uh, that's no, true that's too. a real pal. Yeah. That's true, too. And it, I I was a, I would say to, to try and characterize myself, my role on the volu- uh, as a volunteer in the 24 campaign, I was on the outer fringes of the inner circle. So I was there. That's where I was in high school, by the way. I was on the <laughs> way outer fringes of, of the inner the circle. Inner circle. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, my graduating class was like 67 kids. So I was like, <laughs> probably like the, like 59 kids were like inner. And I was like out here with like four other kids. Wow. Aww. Okay. Yeah. So then I would probably be You're a, little a little closer bit closer. than that. You're a little closer yeah. than that. Okay. And I good. was a volunteer at all, uh, not all, at many of the, of the house parties. So as she made her way around the district, which includes, you know, everything, Beverly Hills, Parts like Hollywood and Malibu and that whole area, we were running around doing, you know, house parties. And I, I would, you know, to say run into her, I, I, I would interact with her, right? So enough to know that this is a bad idea. So you think that uh, this this is not a well thought out? I mean, it's I guess it's not official at this point, right? right. Politico's it's, just saying it's an exploratory. Yeah. And then she she made an announcement. And listen, this is somebody I I know her where she's coming from. I I, I think based on what I've heard her say, you know, before she ran for Congress, she's a long time like spiritual lecturer mm-hmm. based on this book called A Course in Miracles, which in the spiritual world is a well known book, but to you know. People who don't know it, it sounds like a very bizarre, what the heck is this? You know, it was written by somebody who essentially channeled all of the information that, you know, this, the author, Helen Shuckman, I believe is her name. She doesn't claim like credit for writing it. She feels that the words were channeled oh, to her. Yes. And, and it's, wow. and it's, a, it's called A Course in Miracles, which, you know, is beautiful sounding, but to, most of the country probably sounds bad like bullshit. Shit. Yeah. Wait, so are you endorsing Marianne? <laughs> I can't or tell. You, you worked I, I with thought, her. I thought you were saying working, you were for her. Yeah, by working then, with her, you're saying that you, you think it's a bad think it's idea. A bad, a good idea. I do think it's a bad idea for mm-hmm. her to run. I mm-hmm. think that the ideas that she is trying to advocate for and that she is trying to bridge the wide divide between the spiritual uh spirituality and those of us who study spirituality and politics that she's trying to close that divide mm-hmm. for a long time and even still a lot of the spiritual people are like oh what happens on this mere mortal plane is just beneath us who are so focused on our study of our you know spiritualness you know i'd be so- curious what an evangelist opinion of her spirituality is well because the course in miracles is not a religious text but a spiritual text i'm mm-hmm. sure they would take tons of issues would you put it, it on a shelf how many books away would it be from dianetics no, actually, they be like pretty very, close? no actually very far okay. apart. 
my super hyper analytical mind can look at this book, listen and be like, oh my God, what is this? But when I actually drop into like a deeper part of myself and also use my brain, it makes a lot of sense what this book is saying. It resonates very well with me and I think with a lot of people who give it a chance. What it's saying essentially is that our work here is to shift our perspective from one based on fear to one of love. And again, that sounds pretty hokey, but if you just were to listen to somebody like her articulate it, it actually makes a whole lot of sense. So where she's coming from and and this idea of bringing this perspective to politics and to leadership and to democracy, it does make sense. But I don't believe that the country is ready for it. And instead, I fear that it will make a mockery of those of us who are on a spiritual path to be accepted by people who don't understand it as much. I mean, I guess we sh- I really shouldn't care. The only part of me that would care would be the ego. Ego is something that comes up a lot in The Course in Miracles. Um, and that's where our fear-based thinking stems from is the ego. So I just, it, it just, So she's well, reasons, she's well-intentioned, pers- but perhaps uh, this, this would not be a well-thought-out campaign. Yeah, no, I don't believe so at okay. all. She's not great at... Um, holding, you know, she has accomplished a lot, but um, the the campaign, and it was her first campaign, sure, in 2014, was um, shit show, shall we say? Sure. And uh, I... I've never heard of her, so I would say that that's... When I, when you sent the email to me, it was the first time that I'd heard of her, and I'm like, wow, she's she's Oprah's friend. I mean, I thought, like, you know, Gail King and Dr. Phil... And, you know, in, to some extent, probably Judge Judy, just because they're both syndicated. <laughs> you figure they're friends. You usually they know, up. like, you know, the, there's the Marvel universe and the DC universe oh, and then the talking. Oprah universe. Yeah. And so I thought I knew all of the characters in the Oprah universe, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not familiar. You this know, is a Marianne, deep cut. I don't know. Marianne probably could have been someone on the order of a Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or something like that. But yeah. she she's got some, you know. Blessings to her, but some character issues so, that, that probably preempted My that. biggest takeaway here is that you don't want Chelsea to volunteer for your campaign. <laughs> Just any any elected uh, potential elected officials. Because well, I should also say that I volunteered on that campaign, and then later on she went to personally talk badly about me to people, or oh. at least one person in particular. You didn't, very spiritually you didn't say, yeah. it, it, you didn't it, say it, she was a mean girl. Was, I didn't realize. It was a little bit shocking. Wow. But true story. So I hope, though, that all of the, like, I, I hope that the Course in Miracles, and I hope that the spiritual community isn't so, like, uh, rah, rah, you know, uh, oh, yes, Marianne, she's going to save us. Please don't, don't, please don't be tooting that horn, because it's ridiculous and well not if, a great if it, idea if it's and based if on really personal new, interaction uh let me go on record and say that i don't think anyone should vote for Kristen chenoweth or chris Catan. all right so you see if that's where it comes down to and you know if you want to air any any dirty laundry uh tamra feel i free get to along say, swimmingly with celebrities that's true <laughs> uh you can take celebrities out of that and just say with everyone <laughs> But including celebrities because they're yeah. more important than we are. All right, but, but we'll keep an eye. Touch, but I, I hope everyone is still a fan of the idea of spirituality and politics. I just hope that Marianne doesn't 
have a backfiring on trying to close that divide by the, running for president and then making it look like these hokey spiritual people are trying to like take over and don't the, understand the their combination faith. of uh, spirituality and politics uh, reminds me that we recently celebrated the 40th anniversary of Jonestown. Anyway, we should definitely move no, on. No, actually, we definitely I, have to move on. I, okay, I get that we have to move on, but I. I it was would a, like it, to, it, a lot of these are jokes. You know, I got to remember that's, that. That's what we do here. I'm like, oh. No, I'm not saying that she's getting anyone to drink Kool-Aid that's laced with cyanide. Just regular Kool-Aid that's laced with happiness and love. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's the good. But uh, I think it's finally time we get around to. But what about her emails? Because mm-hmm. as we've all seen, that uh, apparently. Ivanka Trump, my spiritual guru, <laughs> <laughs> who who I, I are you ready to endorse her for 2020 or is that still forthcoming? You, know, you do get along with everyone. You just said. The, here's the thing. I I could be swayed by Ivanka. I would say. Well, if, if, it's, she, if she, it's Ivanka or Donald. <laughs> if it was Ivanka or Donald, certainly. But even if it were Ivanka and. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I could be. I could be swayed. Huh? Oh my! My gonna, world. She, she would have to. She would. She would have to meet certain conditions. Well, first of all, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez can't vote for president. I can't run. She can vote. She can't run for president in twenty twenty because mm-hmm. she'll be, I think, thirty four. So, so you don't have to make that terrible decision. Maybe in twenty twenty four though. So be I, ready for that. But I. I what. Uh, I, did did Christian socialist joke get to you? No, did you think uh, that anybody we, who can't afford uh, rent in D.C. can't do so because they're socialists? No, I mean, I, I'm just saying I could see Ivanka taking a far left turn. I mean, she she and Jared Kushner were prior to tr- uh, Trump's Bef- campaign. Prior to her, yeah, they prior were her pretty dad liberal. Yeah. So I could and, see by the way, them. So was Donald Trump. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know. It's uh, it's interesting. This, what is that saying? Actions speak louder than words. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have not no, seen no such actions. <laughs> she has that wonderful would... shoes. But anyway, the specific thing how that we're going to talk about sweatshops oh, create jobs. Me. You're saying how do I not know that Ivanka has wonderful shoes, girl? I don't even know <laughs> if that was appropriate. It just seemed like something that I could say. Uh, in any case, uh, yes, there was a recent as in yesterday, Washington Post report that Ivanka Trump regularly used a private email account to conduct government business in 2017. And the best part of this whole story is that her explanation for why she did it, she didn't know it was wrong. Whoopsie. Uh, Tamara. You still, uh, you still on board? You still on the the Ivanka train? Hey. Even though she's saying that uh, she didn't know that it might be some kind of violation to, oh, I don't know, use a use a home server instead of your uh, well, your no, government. Well, Trump was very quick to say it's hey. not like she had her own server in the basement. <laughs> it was just personal email. Hey, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> Come on. Um, I think, uh, you know, like obviously, this is incredibly hypocritical of. Uh, really, I don't see the, that. Uh, the Trump administration. <laughs> right now, I believe what the right is saying is that Hillary uh, had classified information, whereas Ivanka's emails do not contain classified information. But who's to say what is and is not classified information? So far, it's, well, her, it's her lawyer's it's opinion. S- Oh, that well. she did not transfer any classified information. So, right, but no. to, first to Tamara's point, she doesn't necessarily know, you know, I mean, not everything that is 
classified or let me put it a different way. Everything that's confidential isn't necessarily like classified, do not share, you know, right at the top of it. So, yeah, I don't think that's for her to decide or right. just recollect that she's, you know, thinking back. Yeah. You know, prob- I think, probably I think just walking around Barney's, you know, and this, just like, oh, let me let me send some emails. I feel like this is just a prime example of how what 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 happens with um the insane outrage over things that are maybe a concern but were blown way out of proportion such as Hillary's private email server so many people got so insanely enraged without realizing what the actual issue is that when something like this comes up which is pretty much a direct parallel they're just like well, yeah, yeah, but I just, I mean, it's not the, I don't, I, I, yeah, you know, like, but that was Hillary, you know, right. like, it's like, oh, wait, why can't I muster up the same rage over this that I did over the exact same thing? Like, it's like, this is, this is the problem. Because they don't see it the, as the exact same thing. They're right. able to parse out any situation to make, on the surface, it looks very much the same, but they're like, oh, no, just take a step further, and it does. it's not the same at all. Nothing was deleted. There's nothing classified. It was not a server. It was just a private email. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely have different positions, you know, I mean, yeah, Secretary it's, it's of State is a little bit thing. more serious, but at the same time, if you do think one is serious, you should uh, certainly I mean, think they're both serious. With the amount of the insane outrage that w- people had over Hillary's private email servers, even even in the differences in in this, it, it's you you cannot just be like, yeah, well, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed that, that, that by I'm just disappointed that by right now this story is so old that everybody's already made the lock her up joke about Ivanka. So I wasn't able to you know do it. I thought so sorry we could have that. all chanted and so, you know, but it, 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 everybody was into that. Like you know, that was like I think as soon as the story broke, those tweets were People already out there. People who chant lock her up. If you went up to one of them and said lock her up. For what? I don't think that they would have an answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you'd get different answers, you know. I mean, if you ask if you ask Bill why you should lock her up, I think he'd have oh, some very different reasons. Oh, my reasons. God. Speaking of Bill, did you, you started to see that Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, I, I've special. seen her making the rounds. Uh, I have not seen – it's a show or a movie. I, I thought a, it was a show. I think it's a – like I don't know. It's a, probably a few part, part okay, documentary is, yeah. series on, yeah. on I heard A&E. Puppets, I guess I'm plugging right? it show – Plugging the show for them. I, I, I can't really – I kind of want to – it's like I'm cringing and then I kind of like want to peek around and like look at it. I just – I have a very mixed feeling I, I, about I've why. been interested in reading details. articles about it just because I'm curious that, you know, she's she's talking about this now and giving more details than yeah. honestly well, anyone what, ever wanted. Right. You know? Hence the cringe. But then it's like you – it's kind of train wreckish. Yeah. You just have what to see. What it brought up when, when I heard um, – I forget where I was hearing people discuss it, but it also brought up a, th- a thing that probably I the local watering hole where I, you're very popular. Sure, yeah. uh, cheers, perhaps. <laughs> oh, one of many. Um, <laughs> I did not realize that Bill Clinton was accused of rape, actual rape. Not not by her. No, not but by, by her. Juanita no, Broderick. No, no. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So in in and you, in, we use the talk, word accused. So anybody in the mm-hmm. chat who might get upset, we said accused. Yes, she w- he was accused, and then she walked it back, at, which is what often happens when so much scrutiny is waged at an accuser. 
And and to just be fair, I'll throw in a couple of the uh, Kavanaugh accusers uh, under any kind of investigation. I'm not talking about Dr. Ford, but I'm talking about the subsequent ones. Uh, they have also walked it back. So, yes, mm-hmm. that certainly happens uh, so when I, stories are given any degree of scrutiny. I'm just saying I, I you know, I've never defended Bill Clinton's behavior. behavior. I mean, he clearly is. I don't I honestly don't think any reasonable Democrat defends Bill Clinton for the things that we know that he did. But that being said, I'm just saying like, oh, I didn't know that 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 he had an actual rape allegation. on him. Yes. No. And uh, and I mean, the accusers, including Juanita Broderick, were uh, guests of President Trump or now President Trump at uh, one of the presidential debates, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, at the sort of. Uh, the the brilliant P.T. Barnum side of the the Trump campaign was having, you know, those fairly well-known – well, let's put it this way. Well-known accusers by people who listen to conservative talk radio and, mm-hmm. and watch the news. Um, so I haven't seen the show, so I, I'm not going to speak Me about neither. it with any kind of authority. Uh, I just think it's interesting. And look, I, clearly people are interested in it. Uh, I'm I'm sure, you know, Bill's like, wait, seriously? I mean, I, I really thought I got away with this. And then when he he wrote that book with James Patterson, he started getting questions, you know, earlier in there. He's like, wait a minute. I thought you all liked me. Well, and, it's amazing all these years later. Yeah, this- well, I think when you become so outspoken about some of these, you know, look, the, the Me Too movement and just the allegations of harassment in the workplace and just inappropriate conduct – You you can't pretend that that didn't happen, I guess. So that's probably why more than ever, this is a time. It's also the 20th anniversary of the scandal breaking. And it's also this ruined Monica Lewinsky's life. Yes. It's not like she can just go get a job as a copywriter at an ad agency. Like people, everybody knows her name. She this is tarnished on it's a goal. It's a a scarlet letter that she has to wear for the rest of her life. So she might as well lean into it and just continue to ride that way. Sheryl Sandberg probably had no idea that it would be applied, you know, this leaning in concept to Monica Linsky in in this context. But I mean, I I guess I wonder if there is a, you know, a point of her coming out and sharing this story that we're all supposed to take something from. I can't imagine what that is. I can't imagine there's a lesson here. It's just more salacious details. But, you know, look, again, I haven't seen it. If if I'd seen it, I I could speak with some more authority. But... uh, uh, I, like I said, I'm just surprised. But it also makes sense that there was an interview, I think, over the summer where uh, I think she was appearing in Israel and they spoke with her for like a minute. And then she like stormed off the stage because they asked about Bill Clinton. And clearly it's not I don't want to talk about it. It's no, I've been paid very well to talk about it just for this one place. So I don't go and talk about it for free. Uh, but I also don't know. Let's be honest. Why else is somebody talking to her? You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure she's she's I've actually met her, as a matter of fact. Uh, oh, just waited a while. To I, just, that I just one, forgot, huh? actually. Oh. When uh, when I was a page at NBC, I, I uh, had the the sort of the desk outside the studio for SNL and she was a guest that week. Uh-huh. And uh, um, it was a, it, it was an often asked question in job interviews if I knew her because on my resume it had White House intern. Uh, for Al Gore's office, but uh, I did not know her. But now you I've were met an her. NBC page and a White House intern. Oh yeah, and Golden and, Boy Christian. And yet Black. here I here I am <laughs> on the Trump Report. That's right. Were there were there mistakes made? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, oh no, my resume is, is great. You should hire my resume, anyone out there. You don't want me, but uh, you might You might. Oh, my resume. I hear you. <laughs> oh, let's just uh, take a moment as a panel and <laughs> read some spiritual books to get our lives back on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, just checking in. Just checking in on the chat. They're having a lively conversation. <laughs> Nothing uh, appropriate. That no, we can share. no, not really. Okay. Uh, I had to make sure uh, because uh, R. Scott Brown's comment about Monica Lewinsky. She leaned all right. She leaned in all right. Dot dot dot. Read the Star Report. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that his comment wasn't. You know, it's uh, and, and how. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, but uh, Demonot does point out that it, it it ruined her life and. Just remember, it's not that Monica Lewinsky wanted to go public with the story. Linda Tripp. She told someone who she somehow thought was a friend, you know, well played by John Goodman on Saturday Night Live at that time. But, uh, you know, uh, that that's kind of all I can say. And, and you know, she's the one who convinced her, like, oh, no, 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 don't get that dress, wa- dress washed. Who who saves that dress? Anyway. Uh, anyway, we definitely got a little sidetracked yes, here. But sure. I think it was a, a valid part of the conversation. And... Um, we, I don't know, I, I feel like I should watch at least one part of this to have a sense for it, but uh, I'd, we don't assign homework here on the Trump Report, but if you have watched it in the audience... Chelsea what, and I have. We've had you, homework. You've had homework before? Oh, you've given each other yeah. homework, yeah. And actually, I do have a recommendation for Clinton what Cash? people... Absolutely not. Might want to see over the Thanksgiving weekend. Ralph wrecks the internet? No, or oh. maybe in addition to that. Okay, well, that's fair. In addition but, to because it is a little like along the lines of of homework, and it, I was going to bring it up when if we were going to talk about the caravan, and we the, we will definitely talk about the caravan. Alrighty, well then, stay tuned. Why don't you bring it up now, and then we'll talk, why don't you bring it up, and then we'll talk about the caravan? Well, I just happened to start watching, and then of course get sucked into Narcos Mexico. Anybody else seen it? Mm. I think is I saw the first episode. Is that, a, uh, is that a scripted series or is that like a documentary series? Because I've heard of a couple. It's on Netflix, right? Yes. I've heard so of a couple like shows. So it's like the Narcos, like the Pablo Escobar right. Narcos, but this is in Mexico. But this it's, is, it's a scripted series. It's yes. a drama. Okay. It's a Spanish I've, version, right? Yes. But, you know, so sorry, you got to read the subtitles, but it's very... Next! No, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Really well done and gives you an idea. Not It doesn't exactly speak to, like, you, you can't draw a straight line between, ah, this um, behavior or lack thereof by the U.S. Uh, government as relating to the drug wars in, in Mexico in the 80s and 90s to the caravan today. But you can... It, it takes maybe a few more dots to put it together, but you can see that what the United States did and what they f- failed to do and our insatiable um, market for drugs in the United States has been causing problems in Mexico and it goes beyond Mexico for quite a long time. And so maybe people can see that what we're dealing with now are consequences of our own behavior in the last 30 or so years. And I'm sure it extends beyond that. But that it gives people some history, perhaps, some context, some understanding of why the United States is not so innocent. Look, you call them drugs, I call them daddy's wake-up powder. But what we should say about the... (laughs) Oh, that's what your son calls it. (laughs) It's actually very interesting that, I mean, how this, the marijuana cartel and then how it morphed into uh, also trafficking cocaine. But the marijuana marijuana cartel is the gateway cartel. That's the one that hooks you into the bigger and much worse cartels. I mean, actually, that joke kind of makes sense. In the context That's the of first the time ever. <laughs> uh, but what I saw reported, I believe yesterday, possibly over the weekend, was that 
uh, not all of the caravan, but some of the caravan had reached Tijuana, mm -hmm. which is where they're expected to wait for six months while they apply for asylum. And, of course, it's subjective, but there was some coverage of the reaction, which was, uh, we don't want you here. This is in Mexico, because which is in contrast to what we'd seen before, which is, you know, uh, signs and people cheering and encouraging them. Feeding but that was that was the rest of Mexico where you knew that they were going through it, so you knew they were passing through. But now they've reached a part where they're going to stop. So I found that interesting, uh, not entirely surprising in all honesty, because the way that you know Americans are reacting to the idea of the caravan. But uh, Chelsea, did you find that surprising? Uh, that uh, and uh, well, I, I did send the link, but did you see that? Uh, did you see that uh, that that was the reaction in Tijuana? Yeah, I and, uh, see let me know it. If I said and that right. to, yes, beautifully said. Thank God. I saw that, and you know, in some senses, in some ways, it makes sense, right? These are also people that are struggling, that also feel the scarcity of resource. And now you've got a huge influx of thousands of people that you now have to share space and stuff with. And that's not easy. Uh, no, I mean, anyone who's ever been to Tijuana, you know, I mean, look, you know, they encourage Americans to come across the bar, the border and, you know, party and drink. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's hard, it's heartbreaking to you just walk down not even a side street. You walk down a main street and there's, you know, it's just lined up as far as you can see, seemingly like 15-year-old girls in like lots of makeup, literally tugging at your shirt because, you know, that's the only chance they have of making money. It's such an incredibly depressing place to come to as an American because you can just sort of see like, oh, it's it's right there, but it's it's such an... I, I don't want to. I'm not saying it's an awful place in, in any way other than you just feel like people there are, are very desperate. You see the poverty. Yeah, and you you're not used to seeing that. You know, I mean, it, even like Chula Vista, which is right by one of the the main crossing, is is nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And you can understand the thinking of like, you know, it's already hard enough that that we're all here mm -hmm. trying to make money, and now. We potentially have thousands of people. You know, look, not everybody's going to try and cross the border at Tijuana. But let's just say, let's just round it down to like, let's say maybe 2,000 people are going to end up there and then be waiting for six months. I, I see that as a much more significant problem than people actually arriving in the United States because I, I, I feel like people in Tijuana aren't, aren't going to take kindly to just this many people. Uh, and I, I don't know. I see that as a, as a much more a significant problem. Uh, your thoughts, Tamara, just in yeah. general. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, they come, if they can come into the United States, there's more room to disperse to get any, you know, then Americans are like, but then don't take yeah. my tax money to do that. Right. But I mean, the, yeah, the, the fact that that's sort of like this, this bottleneck right there where it's just like, okay, you're all stuck and you have to wait you know, and for six months and you can understand why people are like, well, I, I can't wait those six months. Well, I mean, We're going to figure out a way if to Americans really wanted to do something and they wanted to do something overnight. Everybody stop 
using cocaine. Stop buying okay. it. So that 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 won't happen. Okay. Uh, but also, so don't act uh, like all, you're so all, upset. Oh no, when no, Edwin. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not I, aiming I that say, at you. Yeah, <laughs> Americans I, honestly, don't act so upset. I think that uh, there are a lot of Americans that aren't upset, and they're like, yeah, whatever it takes. You know, I mean, I saw uh, some photos of the uh, the amount of increased barbed wire they're putting across sections where there is a wall. And uh, by the way, also saw that uh, the troops that were deployed right before the midterm election. Uh, that were there at the border, standing ready. Uh, well, they've all gone home now. And Most of them have gone home. The rest will go home by December 15th. Right, that's fair. all a they're, massive, expensive ploy. Yes, and they essentially said that. Uh, so that goes back to the, uh, the P.T. Barnum angle. Uh, but, uh, sorry, to the point you were making, though, Chelsea, uh, uh, actually, I think, Tamara, you, you were making a point, weren't you? Uh, I think I was saying, oh, j- like, no, I agree with you that it's it's harder on Tijuana than it would be for them to come into the United States just because... The United States is a stronger economy, and a stronger economy can support more people. So and for that simple reason... Physically just, having that many people in Tijuana, you know, just across, say, to Texas, you know, all the all the way over there, it's like, well, yeah, but you, you can have them wait in the United States, which is, of course, not what... And by anybody, I'm saying not anybody in the government is saying that that's what they should do. So... I, I don't know. I, I just think the problem is going to get so much worse before anyone would yeah. even get approved for asylum. I mean, California is one of the world's strongest economies. And the reason one of the reasons is because we depend on immigrant labor. That's what keeps California running. It's it it helps in a functioning but economy. The problem is that even though the economy numbers wise is doing really well, it's not shared across the population. Absolutely. So you have a huge swath of the population who's like, the economy is good, but I am still struggling. So this oh, economy is not hi, working. I am one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's not working for me. Oh. And so those people say that this economy is not strong enough t- to support me and the rest of the people trying to take my job. So if we really wanted to help, we would help. We would clean up our own act. We would help uh, with clean up the corruption all along all throughout uh, Central South America to make it so that people don't need to flee their homes. I mean, there. if you look at some of the videos following these specific families, I saw one It was about a single mother with three kids, and she was a single mother because her husband and the father of her children had been killed back in, I believe it was Honduras, and they cannot, they literally cannot stay and believe that they'll remain alive. So if you put people in those circumstances, this is what you get. You want to solve the problem, address it on the problem of, uh, at the level of the cause and not the symptoms. And not something that solves all the problems, but the demonot points out that uh, this is one of the reasons why he thinks this idea that Mexico might legalize marijuana, it does not solve the problem, but it certainly helps manage one of the problems and again it would just be marijuana i don't i don't know anywhere where they're looking to legalize cocaine and you know have prescriptions written out for that if you know because you could get marijuana prescriptions before it was legalized you know for like back pain or anxiety i'm not quite sure what the practical usages are of uh, cocaine but um i'm also not friends with studying Sheen. <laughs> studying long yeah. drives yeah, yeah. see so, you know concentration yeah. okay studying. so you've, you've helped I mean, me come with a couple okay <laughs> but those were jokes. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's uh, move along uh, to uh, what we what the uh, the title of this episode refers to is uh, President Trump making his first visit to California. 
uh, as president. I, I believe he did campaign here, uh, but I, I think he, he had not been here. Uh, his first visit to check out the uh, damage from the fires. Um, Tamara, how would you... How would you grade that if this were like Dancing on the <laughs> Dancing with the Stars or one of those shows? If you had to, to hold up a panel with a number, um, how do you think uh, President Trump did uh, visiting uh, some of the uh, the fire damage? Well, I here believe in he gave himself an A plus because well, then he clearly that must be right. Gives himself an A plus, probably due to extracurricular work that he gives himself uh, later on. But um, what would I give him? I mean. I would give him a a zero for incomplete. He doesn't do his homework. He doesn't have any idea about uh, forest uh, regulation or (laughs) raking the floor. Is that what he said? Uh, yes, uh, and that apparently they do it in in Finland. And, the, and it, by the way, the Finland is, is like, doing. Fin- I don't remember. Yeah, Finland is that. doing a great job of uh, trolling the the president uh, with with some of this. So, uh, you know, hats off to Finland. He he specifically cuts funding to federal forest aid, and then and then uh, claims that the forest uh, forest they're they're not um, properly. What's the word for m- m- um, clearing the trees? Well, there's though. deforestation. Yeah, yeah. Because, because what I what I heard on a, a report from people who work for the uh, federal, what is the agency for the like the federal forest? It's like the Bureau of yeah, Land Management, something and, like that. Yeah. They said that he he is right in that the trees need to be cleared uh, in rotation to prevent fire. But the problem with that is that we, they don't have the funding to handle that. So he is the one that took away the funding. So it's it's he tries to turn things into like oh you you California hippies think that you're trying to preserve trees and it's like no we are fine with doing whatever steps need to be taken to make sure our state isn't on fire uh due to you know various causes um but that's just he's just misinformed so he gets a zero uh Chelsea do you feel like misinformed and a grade of zero would be <laughs> something that you would regularly repl- apply to uh, some of the work being done in the White House right now? Uh, yes. Okay. And I say <laughs> that very shortly because, I, you know, I, this is, the, the fires are um, like a massive tragedy. I, I don't know if on any of your Facebook feeds you're actually seeing people oh, that you know. Yeah, I, have, I, I, I have friends from Paradise who have been posting like, well, you know, my childhood memories are entirely I'm sorry, gone. I'm sorry. They're it's all... called pleasure. I, I know you called it paradise, but obviously that's <laughs> my bad, not the my correct. Bad, my bad. Yeah. I mean, that is it, that he has no shame about that, like getting it wrong, the name of the city. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Yeah. I mean, they should honestly do like in Spinal Tap where you take Cleveland and you, you know, you put it on the stage. I mean, so that you know where you are. But so you've said that you've seen uh, from the place actually called paradise. You've, you, so you've seen people that actually live there. It, yeah, and things are gone, and people just posting like, you know, uh, somebody, somebody, a, a Facebook friend of mine was sharing like things like, you know, oh my my high school dance where this happened and that, like pull at your heartstring stuff, and now it's complete, it's just rubble, and then this is gone, my grandmother's house, you know, like all of these things, and it's just like your entire life is just gone. And then on top of that, I what I had really wanted to be able to spend more time on is. The response to the Khashoggi, yes, and in and and juxtaposing that with 
our you know reaction to the California fires because I actually think that they're they're related. Oh, interesting. In that we here we are talking about it and a. a what I think should probably could have been our first, you know, story that we spent half an hour on was Trump's response to say, maybe the top uh, leadership knew and maybe he didn't, but it doesn't matter because of two reasons. He has the same enemy that we do, Iran, and they want to give us $450 billion spending that here, including $100 billion in arms and all that. And we need that money. We need that money. We need the jobs. So here it is, telling the world, uh, we have no real principles. Our value is pay us enough and you can do whatever you want. You can kill journal. I mean, how far, I don't know how far um, any country or any person in the world can go. But as long as your enemy is the same as ours and you're putting in lots of money here, go do what you want to do for the jobs, for the jobs, for the jobs. And then we're going to make these weapons that other countries and we use to destroy people's lives around the world worse than the fires have destroyed people's lives. Because, yes, you know, close to 100 people have died in the fires, but thousands of people get killed when our weapons and machinery is used on other people around the world. And we're like, oh, well, that's okay, because jobs. And I, I I wish that this would spark a national conversation about, is this really who we want to be as a country, that you can get away with anything as long as you help create jobs? Yeah, I think that obviously this would be a bigger part of the national conversation if there were oil in Northern California, you know, I think that uh, that that is really what it comes back to, and it's it's very easy to point at President Trump because uh, no, he's he's not handling this well. But this is a country that has been our. I'm using air quotes for those listening on on iTunes. This country has been our friend for a really long time. A country that I think it's either early next year or it just happened this year that just let women drive, and. Not happily, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'm picking one thing, but I kind of don't need more, you know, to to say like, oh, I, I don't think the Saudis are great people, and no, I I don't think that MBS, anyone called MBS, couldn't possibly be a good friend, you know. Um, and and I think that Trump is a coward for refusing to listen to whatever tapes are available. Well, sure. I I by the way, I believe he has listened to them. Uh, or someone there has maybe he you know, he, probably doesn't, he probably doesn't listen to much except no. Fox and Friends. But I don't believe I, the, that the he point has. I did want to make is I'm not going to say every president. I think most presidents would probably take this same stance that that he did because of just how difficult it is to navigate relations. Of course, in the Middle East, but yeah, and I'll give him credit for like being so in a sense transparent yeah. about his reasoning for like torture and kill. Uh, somebody, even a journalist, we don't care because in comparison to the money and the uh, the jobs that it brings our way, it it's, you know, n- no sweat off our back. He is, I guess, in a sense, more honest about that than previous presidents have been when they have let things slide um, because they don't want to create ruffles in that uh, relationship with Saudi Arabia. But he is like so open. Okay, thank you, President Trump, for being so transparent about the the reasoning. But let's actually now, as American people, talk about that reasoning. I mean, it is now out in the open. There's, he's not trying to cover it up. Uh, you Countries can get away with 
anything that they want as long as they help us create jobs. And we're then going to use those jobs to create these, these jobs you're referring weapons. that he's referring to as weapons manufacturing. Right. He specifically talked about the the military contractors, the Boeing, the Raytheon, the Northrop mm-hmm. Grumman, those right. kinds and of jobs. And he's saying he doesn't want to lose this money to Russia and China because so basically he's saying like you don't want these munitions, weapons well, f- made in those countries, do you? You know, that's sort of the way that he's he's posing it. But I've which read from articles a, that are like, neither country has the infrastructure to be able to build those, the, the machines, the weapons, the way that, right. that we are. So they can't really go there and get the same kind of product. And it's like, you know, if you are, if, if somebody hires you to, to go kill somebody, be like, wait, I don't want you to get the money for killing somebody. I would rather do it. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's any better, like that we're stepping in in the shoes of a murderer because we stand to make money off of it. Uh, again, no principles as a country and that we, you know, we claim to have these American ideals. Um, but do well, we really? If someone does hire me to kill someone, it's only because they read that great resume of mine that I referenced earlier. Uh, Tamara, uh, I, again, we so often say on the show, nothing's really surprising. This might be a little surprising, but it's not really just because it's Saudi Arabia. It's not it's not a country that we as a as a as a government is happy, uh, you know, upsetting. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Right. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I guess it all comes down. I, I it's it's a little confusing for me because at first I thought this had to do with we were trying to keep their our oil con I mean I think that I think it's always that's always part I mean, of it and the, but then the United States uh we now know is like the largest oil producer in the world so we don't need their oil to Chelsea's point that we need to become a more like check our like moral compass as a country I mean I agree. I I mean, we've always probably needed to do that, and we've never been great at that. But, like, if he's so concerned with jobs and money, let's invest in more profitable, forward-moving, progressive infrastructures such as renewable energy instead of weapons. Renewable energy, there's no reason that that shouldn't become our greatest, like, let's have renewable energy barons, you know? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others are, you know, pushing this Green New Deal. So maybe you shall become a fan of hers. And that that can certainly be something. Despite what I said earlier, just to clarify, I am a fan of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She gets so much. And we've run out of time to really talk about her. No, no. But I was going to say, I actually wanted to talk about her tonight because I, I didn't think she was great on television. I don't think she interviews well, but I do like what she's done since she's won. So you see I would that like that clip to- that's going around of her saying she calls it the the three chambers yes. of government, and she uh, which she that, says that doesn't. I don't get that upset about. That. I, I know. I, it's, I, it's I, so, I do like that Sarah Palin shared it and uh, said, <laughs> "Oh, look at her. Who needs a civics lesson?" Yeah, and then forgetting. So uh, anyway, I do want to talk about her next week, and there's so much more we didn't get to this week, but we are sadly out of time. So. Uh, Uh, Thanks to everybody in the chat, and if you're watching the archive version, and we know some of you will, please leave comments, and we'll try to get to them next week. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Christian DMZ, and follow the show, at Trump Report ABTV. 
Tamara, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at HeyTamara underscore. And Chelsea. On Twitter at Chelsea Galicia. And he's not here, but Scott Moore, yeah, at S-Man 80. Why not? He gets into it with Mitch McConnell. Uh, until then, uh, happy Thanksgiving, except for the Canadians, because you already had yours. You don't get to. But uh, we will see you next week. Until then, have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 